It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Used by millions of people every day, Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. Get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. Hello, welcome to episode six of the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. I'm your host, Josh Goldman. Each week, we will dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we will cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we will dive in depth into one pop culture story or event. Third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host and wife, Maureen. Maureen, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Can I give a quick furniture update? Uh, okay. Why don't you give them a quick board that has been sawed a couple times update? So this project that I'm working on, which is... so mean. I'm sorry, but... It's okay. But honey, it it just, is true. I just wish we could buy a stool. Okay, so... We don't even need a stool, actually. I take all of that back. I wish we could just get rid of the pieces of wood and that I could praise you for other things that you're really good at, like podcasting. Okay, so if you're not familiar or you missed last week's episode, I am constructing a stool for our son, Caleb, and it prompted me to think that maybe I wanted to open a furniture store, which Maureen vetoed very very quickly and let me just give you a quick update so this this uh this project that i'm working on it involves uh, a single board a one by eight by eight board and it needs to be cut a bunch of different ways and so this past weekend my dad helped me cut a couple of the pieces with his circular saw and it is proving to be much more difficult than i thought we didn't have like a sawhorse so we were just cutting using some random things we got the cuts made for the first couple pieces, but Maureen, it is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm sorry to hear that, honey. I love you and I support you, though I don't think the stool is necessary. If you were to tell me that you wanted to make a video for Caleb, which you did, I'd be like, yeah, you're so talented. Do it. And you did. And it was wonderful. But a stool, I would just. Are you going to like the stool when it's finished? If it looks good. I mean, it will have my blood, sweat and tears put into it. Will it look good? It'll look like a stool, I think. Um, I'm going to paint it so the blood, sweat, and tears should be covered. Are you going to sand it properly? Yes, like, is I it gonna look? Is it going to look as nice as the stool your dad built? So my dad built a stool in 19... 19- that one looks legit. That is like 19- a legitimate stool. If yours doesn't look that nice, it's not staying in this house. My dad built a stool in 1971, and it is still in existence today. And we tested it out this past weekend. It actually works pretty well. It, my mom did paint it, so it's a different color than it used to be. Yeah, I'll, I will sand it and paint this project. So anyway, that's your furniture update. I, I still haven't put the kibosh on a furniture store in the future, but you never know. I, I just need better tools and a, and a workshop. More. <laughs> we live in a condo. <laughs> like, I can't even with this right now. <laughs> I started laughing because Maureen's face was just one of 
was of was one of horror. Also, it's not like Josh has been like pining away to build furniture and like sketches it all the time and like comes up with designs. This literally came out of the blue. He's never a, been interested in building anything as long as I've known him. Was that an intentional pun? Pining? <laughs> no, but that's amazing. The stool is made from pine. Oh. Okay, well, we'll continue to give you updates because I'm sure you care. Anyway, Maureen, this week we have several different topics to discuss. Should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's start with the snack bag. Maureen, this first item, I'm going to need you to talk to mostly because I am not super familiar. I did read, though, that there is going to be a Downton Abbey movie. So exciting. Okay, Maureen, how many seasons was the show? Several. Five, six, I want to say four, six, five, something like but that. Please don't quote me on that. I watched all of them, and it seems like it flew by. So um, this was an this was a BBC show, or it was a I, I really don't know much about this at all. This show, it was it was a show from England. Yeah, yeah, um, and it aired on PBS here. Yes, but so, you couldn't stream it. So like the thing was like you had at least at first when it first came out, I just remember it was always like, oh, how do we get Downton Abbey? And there were like these like. <laughs> online creepy sites you could try to download it from but it was better if you like watched it live um and i used to watch it with my old roommate and it was really fun and we would like sit on the couch and like just dive into these episodes so the show ended so does there need to be a movie absolutely so there's more story to tell that i guess that's the question i wanted to ask well here the, the the show the premise of the show is that it's about this family the crawleys in England and they own Downton Abbey and it's just about their lives. So it's not like there's necessarily more story to tell, but their lives kept going after the show, presumably, right? Their fictional lives. So there could be more story to tell. It's not like they like neatly wrapped a bow on it. It's more that just like, you know, they kind of were done with the show and transitioned the characters. So I think it would be very interesting to see kind of where they are. And the show is just one where like, you just, I, I don't know, I got very attached to the different characters and to their storylines. And so I, you feel kind of like a part of their family at the end of it. It's obviously been a couple of years since it's been on and so since I've watched. But I am very tickled at the idea that it's coming back. And I was reading an article and um, Lily James, who plays Rose on the show, was saying she won't be back in it because, you know, her character moved to New York at the end and it wouldn't make sense for her to kind of just be back. Um, and she was saying that though she's really disappointed, she won't be in it. She's so excited to see it. And she's really excited that they're kind of keeping the storyline honest, as in like they could say, oh, she's back visiting. But like this doesn't it's not like a pageant just to see everybody again. It's that it will have a real story. And do you so think it, really do you think like she's that. not going to be in the movie because she's she's doing her own film stuff now? And she I think a lot of them are doing their own film stuff. Right, but she wasn't she in uh, Mamma Mia? She was in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Who is she? She's in Mamma Mia Two, which I think comes out maybe this. I week. I think this week. Yeah. Yeah. She's in that. She's not. She's the lead. She's young Meryl Streep. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, yeah, I feel like maybe. Yes, she has a convenient reason to not be in the Downton Abbey movie, but maybe her other movie career is picking up, and so. But I would think that if that was the case, then the Downton Abbey would be like, we really want to get her in there because her other movie career is picked up, and she'll give us more, like more people will see it because of her. I guess that's true. So the confirmed cast so far: Michelle Dockery, Maggie Smith, Hugh Bonneville. Did any of those names? Those are the yeah, actor names. Yeah, Lady Mary. And um, Maggie Smith, obviously, the legendary Maggie Smith plays the grandmother character. And Hugh Bonneville, I believe, is the father. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be uh, it's gonna be led by Julian Fellows. Did you like my British accent that there? That was very good. 
So I guess he created the show. Yeah. So you're excited. You're going to see this. I am so pumped. I'm like very, very, very excited. Are you going to be disappointed if the movie doesn't end as well as the show did? No, because I felt like the show's ending was kind of like, okay, they're just ending it. Okay, so maybe the movie will have a better ending. A more maybe. Again, to me, it's not about like the ending necessarily. It's more just about like, oh, I get to spend more time with this family that I came to love. Okay, well, uh, Downton Abbey, only in cinemas. Uh, Production set to start sometime this summer. So I guess maybe we'll see it sometime next year. Very exciting. Maureen, should we jump into our next snack bag topic? Yes. Is this the Katy Perry one? Yes. This is about Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Fun fact. I hope this is true. But I've always been told that Katy Perry's cat is named Kitty Purry. <laughs> that, I think that is true. <gasps> Kitty Purry. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that was Maureen doing a, a cat Josh kicked sound. our cat out of the bedroom. And I'm very upset that he wouldn't let Oliver be in here. Okay. We record, as you know, in our bedroom. And sometimes Oliver wants to be with us. He's our cat. But he is kind of disruptive sometimes. If he's sleeping, he's great. But if he if he wants he to be near you. He was just perched like a little prince on our bed, on the Redskins blanket that used to be my grandpa's. And he was just sleeping away and snoozing and being adorable. It was only a matter of time. Him out. It was only a matter of time before he started clawing at my pop filter. Because right. he thought. Let's bring it back to Katy Perry. Let's bring it back to Katy Perry. Okay. So there was an article that came out, several articles this week that... Katy Perry came out and said that after her last album came out, which was called Witness, it got really bad reaction, and she sort of was really upset about that. Maureen, are you surprised that she came out and said this so candidly? Mm, okay, I have mixed emotions about this. Let's I'm hesitating because ooh, I take mental health very seriously. I think everyone should be in therapy. It's such an amazing tool. And obviously, if people are feeling symptoms of depression or anxiety, they should get treatment and they should not feel bad talking about that. But I don't know Katy Perry, and this just sounded kind of like weird. Like, okay, your album comes out, it gets bad reviews, and then you're upset about it. That seems very logical, right? Like, you put it out and the public kind of doesn't like what you put out there, and that would be kind of hard. But I don't know if that's necessarily – I think she was calling it situational depression – so whether or not that manifested in depression for her, I, I don't actually know. I'm not a medical professional. But to me, I'm like, okay, it makes total sense that you'd be like, well, this stinks. Nobody liked my stuff. But I don't know that it's like a major, major crisis. But that's my opinion. I think clearly she may have had a different reaction. What, what strikes you about this story? I just thought it was interesting because a lot of the times when people put out art, and it's not well received. They tend to shy away from talking about it again. And so I thought it was really interesting that she well, made a point take. made a point to say, yeah, I'm a human too. And it's hard when something you worked your butt off for isn't received like you thought it was going to be received. I get that. You, you know, as a fellow creative person, certainly not at her level, but when you share something that you've put your heart and soul into and it's not received well, I get it. And I thought it was really kind of refreshing that someone of that caliber would come out and say so candidly that, yeah, this was really hard for me. And I put a lot of work into it and I'm bummed that it wasn't received. Now, to your point about actual mental health versus perceived mental health, that's something we really can't judge, as you mentioned. But yeah, I don't know if it's quote unquote depression, but it's certainly refreshing to me to have someone who is of superstar quality come out and say, look, I'm human too. Maureen, should we jump to our last snack bag topic? Yes. 
yesterday, we're recording this on Wednesday, and yesterday the trailer for the new film about Freddie Mercury and Queen came out. The film is called Bohemian Rhapsody. Maureen and I both had a chance to watch the trailer. Maureen, I am a big fan of trailers. I know you're not as big a fan. Josh literally, guys, will watch trailers. Like, he'll be like, oh, what do I want to watch tonight? Oh, I want to sit down and go to the trailers on the Apple TV and just watch them. I just find it really interesting. I love the way that they put trailers together. I love the different you ways. You should be an editor for trailers. It's a tough business, but maybe I'll consider that. All right, so Maureen, what were your first impressions of this film? We have Rami Malek, who is probably best known for either playing a role in the... Mr. Robot. No, I was going to say the Night at the Museum franchise. Oh, really? Yeah. He I was... mean, I know he was in that. I just feel like he is Mr. Robot. Yes, or uh, the the television show Mr. Robot. Maureen, what were your impressions of the trailer? No way. I had to answer first for both of the last two snack bags. You have to go first this time. Okay, my impression was that the movie actually looks pretty good. I think that Rami Malek looks like he's going to be a pretty good Freddie Mercury. I am not a Freddie Mercury aficionado, so I don't know everything about him but based on just the look he does look a lot like freddie mercury so i think that's going to be a plus he sounds a lot like him speaking wise although he still does do a little bit of the droning voice that he has perfected for mr robot it, it just with a british accent when he moves like when they show the performance shots from the queen concerts in the movie he looks like freddie mercury moving around so i have high hopes i think it's going to be pretty good i mean the trailer looked good i think i will definitely want to see the movie i think if rami malik is doing his own singing i'm going to be incredibly impressed and it's going to be amazing if it turns out that he's not doing his own singing and he's dubbed i'm going to be like mm, you should have found someone who could do do their own singing i don't think he's doing his own singing i looked uh, I scoured, we cannot confirm yeah i scoured the internet not that closely, but I did look and I can't seem to find if he is doing his own singing or not. I just think in today's day and age with so many talented performers who can both act and sing that I would like to see someone who's doing their own singing. So I'm going to hope that he is. Maureen, should we move on to our marquee topic? Yes, Josh. What is our marquee topic this week? Last week, we talked about Emmy nominations. And one of the biggest pieces of news from the Emmy nominations is that Netflix received the most nominations of any network. So they're not a traditional network, but they beat out HBO and Showtime and all of the major networks on TV. This is a big deal. They received 112 nominations. This is a streaming service that, as of 10 years ago, didn't have any original content. So let me just give you some stats to set the scene. First, Netflix launched in 1997. Maureen, does that surprise you? Yeah, it really surprises me. I think my first experience with Netflix was through you. I'm pretty sure you gave me your login. Really? Yeah, I, I have never had my own Netflix login. I've you never I've never paid for Netflix. You didn't have Netflix in college? No. None of your friends did? No. You never did the DVD service? I didn't. Maybe, so, maybe some of my friends did. So Netflix launched in 1997, and this is just a fun oh, tidbit. right, the DVDs. Yeah. So here's a fun tidbit for you. If you go online and check out the original Netflix logo, it is 100% bad. It is just not a good-looking logo. There's it's like purple and gray and it, you know, Netflix logo now is red. It's very distinct. 
this old logo is awful. So I'll put a link in the show notes. You should definitely check it out. So Netflix launched in 1997, and my first experience uh, with it was the DVD service. So when I was in college, I signed up for Netflix. I don't remember how much it was, $7.99 a month or whatever, and you could get DVDs sent to you in the mail. This was their primary business. They were the blockbuster killer, essentially. Mm. And so I remember getting DVDs of the TV show Alias when I was in in college. And I remember getting to the end of the second season of Alias, which has the best cliffhanger of a television show I've ever watched I in my life. I can't even think about, talk about Alias without thinking about how many shows you have told me to watch and I've watched like a season or two of and then stopped. And Alias is one of them. Maybe I should try to watch that again. Well, Alias Did I get of, to the season two cliffhanger? I don't the one think that was so. so amazing? I don't think so. I didn't Alias, even make it there. Alias does kind of go off the rails, but that's a whole other topic. But the season two cliffhanger is one of the best cliffhangers for the end of a season I've ever seen. And I got to the end of it and I... I had to wait until Netflix sent me the next DVD to figure out what happened. So it may, I mean, like, binge watching was not really a thing. It wasn't. It was totally different. So Netflix's first original series launched in February 2013. That was, of course, House of Cards. And a mere five years later, Netflix plans to have almost 800 pieces of original content on its site. These include dramas, comedies, films, documentaries, miniseries, comedy specials, and more. And Maureen, they are spending, this year alone, $8 billion on content. So that's between licensing other content. But they're a powerhouse. Honestly, I already tried to cut our cable and just have Netflix. And we would have done it, except for Josh likes to watch Major League Baseball. So like, I feel like there's a lot of people. I have a lot of friends who are like, I don't need cable anymore. I don't. I can like get the news you know, just by having an antenna, and then they just have Netflix. So this year they're spending $2 billion on original content. That's a lot of money for these programs, but it seems to be paying off, as we mentioned, with the Emmy nominations. They're the top Emmy nomination getter this year. And they've also been nominated for several Oscars, and I believe that they won an Oscar this past year for one of their their documentaries. So can you give us a rundown of some of this original content? Like what's your favorite thing you've seen on there? What's your least favorite thing? Okay. So if you're asking me about my favorite original content on Netflix, this is tough because there's a lot of stuff that I've watched and a lot of stuff that I've really liked. So if you'd ask me a year or two ago, I might have said House of Cards. The show had a really strong start, but it has started to go off the rails. And obviously Kevin Spacey had that womp, big womp. had that big fallout last year. So that is no longer considered one of my favorites. So I'm going to give you a top three uh, in no particular order, but these are my favorite shows on Netflix now. So first is Stranger Things, which is set in the 1980s. It's sort of sci-fi-ish. It's not super scary, but there are definitely some jump scare moments, but it really captures that 80s vibe really well. The first season was good. I thought the second season was better. Wait, but you told me it was scary and I wouldn't like it. It's definitely scary. I mean, it's... it's. Is it dark? It's more just like... It's dark. The first season concerns a missing child who gets taken by this monster. I mean, it's definitely creepy-ish. Okay. The second season I thought was better, with the exception of one episode. If you've seen the second season, you probably know which one I'm talking about. But I think the show has legs, and I think it's going to be good for several seasons to come. And it's won and been nominated for lots of awards. Yeah, I don't know if it's won any major awards, but it's definitely been nominated. Been nominated. It's one okay. of the nominees for Best 
drama this year at the Emmys. My second in my top three is Master of None, which is Aziz Ansari's show. Another one that Maureen and I started to watch together, but she didn't love it. And so I kind of went off and finished it by myself. The first season I didn't love, but the second season was really, really good. It just explored some comedic territories that you don't usually see on television. And so I think Netflix gave him a lot of leeway to create a show that he wanted to create. And it also showcases a huge diversity of people, both in race, in sexuality, lots of different things. And the show is just really, really well written. So that would be another one of my favorites. My last one is one that Maureen and I are currently watching. It is called Glow, which we mentioned last week on the podcast when we were talking about Emmy nominations. Maureen, is this one of your favorites? Yeah, totally. I want to preface this by saying I think we should do a deep dive on glow as a marquee topic in the coming weeks because there's a lot to talk about with it and because Um, we're both watching it like intensely right now right so (laughs) so we'll save our deep thoughts for that uh for later but suffice it to say that for now it's one of Maureen and I's favorite from Netflix Maureen do you have any other favorites yeah so right now I really like glow and glow is one that I haven't gotten sick of so as Josh mentioned and we talked about a little bit before like with the alias example I am, I guess, a pretty fickle TV watcher. I mean, Downton Abbey obviously had me hook, line, and sinker. I watched every episode. But there are some shows where, like, after a season or a season and a half, I kind of just peter out with my enthusiasm for it. House of Cards was one of those. I think I got halfway through the first season, and then I was like, for whatever reason, I'm bored with this. And I never cared to go back to it. Um, Aziz Ansari's show, Master of None, that one was for different reasons. I think... I really like Aziz Ansari. I think he's really funny and talented. It's just it wasn't exactly my sense of humor. Kimmy Schmidt, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, I loved season one. I think I loved season two. And those were ones where, like, Josh and I watched them all, which is kind of the beauty of the Netflix-owned content is that it will release an entire season. So it's a benefit and a drawback because, like, right now with Glow, we're, like, six episodes through the second season because it's like seven, yeah. Yeah. So it's like we're almost done with it. So there's no patience, right? You don't have to wait a week between episodes, which is instant gratification and it also helps you get much more invested in the characters and the story. But it it it's more like a movie, a long movie or a mini series. So you go through it very quickly. Queer Eye. Um, Which I really, was your teaser for like yeah, two I, weeks ago. I really love the the remake that Netflix has done of the the one that was out. Oh gosh decades ago a decade ago um that has two seasons out i I also blew through those that's great um what about what about movies one of them you mentioned as your teaser (laughs) and you watched it i did i watched it it. up is one of the best things i think netflix has done and that is with tay diggs and lucy Liu as the two like star names but they're actually the sub leads the subplot and the two leading actor the leading actor and leading actress are really good and it's funny i mean it's it's honestly one of the best romantic comedies i've seen in a really long time and it's netflix so like that to me is evidence that they should keep creating this content because they're doing a really good job of it wait friends from college that one is also sorry that uh, before we move on i really that's another one where i watched like the whole thing and i highly recommend it season one is the only thing out and it's a little bit of dark humor but it's funny yeah it got really bad reviews from the critics but we yeah we watched it and it's one of those shows where we were laughing out loud. Yeah. There were just some really funny Keegan moments. Keegan-Michael Key and... Kobe, 
Kobe Smolders yeah. from How I Met Your Mother. And Grown Up Fred Savage. Grown Up Fred Savage, yeah. So there's a the acting in that is really good, and it's just really funny. Not right, everybody's sorry. cup of tea, but yeah, definitely recommend. Okay, so Maureen. Romantic comedy. Yeah, you'd watched, you watched Set It Up. You, you thought that was good. I also thought it was really good. But you've watched a couple of the other original films, and you've been disappointed. So one of them we tried to get through called Ibiza. Oh, boo. Yeah. That which one, was just it was not... poor writing. Not very good. It's not like the production quality was bad. It was just a blurgy story. So I think maybe their strength is in their series and not their movies, although we'll see after Set It Up had so much success. There'll probably inevitably be a sequel. Maureen, anything else that you've seen on Netflix that you've been disappointed in? I have a couple. Hmm. You go with yours while I'm thinking about this. So we already talked about the later seasons of Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Not great. Maureen, I... I have to bring this one up. What? Fuller House. Yeah, Fuller is House. really, really not good. Well, we're, I'm not, not, sure. we're not the target there. We're not, we're not the target audience. I mean, I think if you have kids, like young kids or like tweens, I would definitely show that to them. I think, though, that I was... And it's on... Sorry. I'm sorry, honey. I keep cutting you off. But it's on par with the original Full House in terms of its saccharine sweetness. I guess. I think I just had expectations because I remember the original one and I wanted it to be like that but of course i'm viewing it you know from a yeah, perspective we watched that as kids yeah so i guess if i were to watch this one as a younger person that i might feel differently but i just thought it wasn't it wasn't very good although it's you know it's been renewed for several seasons so someone must be watching it the other one that we watched very very little of but i just really didn't like was the ranch with ashton <laughs> kutcher and it's just one of those shows it it's sort of like that traditional sitcom with a laugh track, but it's weird. It's weird because they curse a lot in it, so it does. It feels sort of off. And Ashton Kutcher does this really, really terrible Southern accent. I mean, we watched the pilot, and then we were like, "Nope." Yeah, it just wasn't for us. So not not my favorite. But again, another one that a lot of people must be watching because it's been on for several seasons. What is the name of the other pilot that we watched when we were just like, "Let's explore some new." Some original content, and I hated it. There were there were two. There was so I'm gonna remind more. The really scary one, right? Is the one so I'm there's one about. called the end of the effing world. Yeah, which is which my sister recommended and like she loved because she likes more of that like dark kind of humor. Yeah, it's very dark humor. So I think that if that's your thing, you might like this a lot. It wasn't my jam. I couldn't. I'm too. I'm too much of a weenie. Maureen, tell us about your other, your other least favorite that is critically acclaimed. And is animated. Oh my gosh. I have never... I hated this horrible cartoon more than I hated the creepy, creepy, murdery other one, End of the Effing World. Josh was like, oh, honey, let's watch this. It's gotten so many awards. BoJack Horseman. I can't think of anything that is more opposite from my taste in entertainment. Uh, that's really all I can say. It's critically acclaimed. I know a lot of people love it. That is at the opposite end of the spectrum from what I enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's not, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea either, but I did like it more than Maureen. Can you explain it to people? So the show is about, <laughs> I actually think it's, the premise I think is kind of funny. So the show is basically about this horse who used to be a star on a sitcom called Horsin' Around. The horse is voiced by Will Arnett. 
of Arrested Development fame, who has a really great voice for animated characters. And basically, this this guy is now, you know, this horse is now washed up after this sitcom that he was on. And so it's sort of like a dark comedy about his life. Maureen really just didn't like it. No, I found nothing redeeming about it. No, right. I mean, again, it's just, it's. I am not the target there. I know a lot of people, I mean, must really enjoy this. But it is, if you want to know what I enjoy in entertainment, watch this show and then think of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maureen, do you have any hidden gems? Things that people, you know, it's not their... It's not the the crown. It's not Stranger Things. It's not Glow. It's not these critically acclaimed shows. I'll give you one of mine, and, and actually maybe maybe Friends from College could yeah, fit that, that bill. Mine, yeah. But let me give you one more. This is a comedy special that I watched a couple years ago from a comedian named Bo Burnham. The comedy special is called Make Happy, and if you haven't seen Bo Burnham perform, you have to watch this comedy special he has he is one of the most clever comedians i have ever watched he started out on youtube in 2007 just making youtube videos singing songs in his bedroom in massachusetts he's really awesome you guys josh had me watch a couple of his things and i totally agree he is just so funny and so clever still pretty crude i mean like definitely definitely not uh not not, family friendly not family friendly but it is absolutely worth checking out so much so that i was watching yeah he's so smart i was watching a clip today on youtube and it almost made me want to watch the whole special again it was that good so that is a hidden gem if you haven't watched it bo burnham's comedy special make happy on netflix maureen last question about netflix before we move on to our teasers is there a show that you've heard so much about that you feel like you just have to check out like you've you've just heard people say oh this is so good you have to watch this like you can't miss this one i mean stranger things for me because i've never watched it but again that was because you kind of watched a couple and we're like nah you, you might want to pass on this one and you know me better than anyone what about i want to ask you about this one i don't know if you ever watched any episodes orange is the new black same thing though like i've heard that people love it and that it's critically acclaimed it's obviously won a bunch of awards um but i've had friends tell me like i don't think you'd like it so i'm kind of like i'm not going to waste my time with that if i have other things that i'm interested in seeing so that's why i haven't yet i mean i think if i ever get to a point where i'm just really curious i'm certainly not opposed to it but i take recommendations from friends and family members seriously because people know me and know what kind of content i like um and i have other things from maybe other networks that I'd rather watch that maybe I think I will like more. Like Jane the Virgin, which we uh, talked about last yes, week. like Jane the Virgin, which is also streaming on Netflix since I'm behind. <laughs> so the two that, that I would point out that people have said over and over, I've heard over and over that I should check out. The first is Ozark, which is starring Jason Bateman, has gotten several nominations this year at the Emmys. I've heard really good things about the show. And you like him a lot. Yeah, I do like Jason Bateman. It's a drama. I just don't... It seems like one of those heavy, heavy shows that that uh, that I should check out, but it just seems like hard to get into it. You have to be in the right mood. The other one that I have watched one episode of, but I've heard so many people say, including Maureen, say that I should watch is The Crown. Yeah, so, I think you'd like it. So I may try to get into that again. It just is another one that's kind of slow-paced. You have to be in the right mood for it, so... All right, Josh, tell us what you've got coming up in terms of teasers. What should people be checking out? So usually for teasers, we talk about, you know, a TV show or a movie or music. 
But this week, my teaser is actually another podcast. So after you listen to this podcast every week, please listen to this one first. I want you to make sure you subscribe to this podcast called Awards Chatter from The Hollywood Reporter. Basically, it is a long-form interview with different actors, directors, writers, hosted by reporter Scott Feinberg. He goes really in-depth with these people, starting all the way from the beginning of their career through kind of what their current project is. And he focuses on people who have projects that are in the awards conversation. So right now he's talking to a lot of television people. In the fall and winter, he'll talk to a lot of people whose movies might be contenders at the Oscars. And then in the spring, he'll talk to some theater people before the Tonys. So he's a super, super well-researched host, and he really seems to care about each of the guests. I listened to one recently with Keenan Thompson, who actually just got nominated for an Emmy this year for the first time. It's just really fascinating to listen to everybody's backstory about how they got started in the business. Some came from the the industry, some didn't, and I just find it really fascinating. So check it out. It's called Awards Chatter from The Hollywood Reporter. Maureen, how about you? So I am going to put in a plug for The Bachelorette on ABC. Even if this is not your thing, even if you have not been watching it, now is when it's getting good. So as of this week, she has narrowed it down to the three finalists. Our Bachelorette is Becca. Yes. This year. Yeah, just so you know, you didn't you didn't tell us who it was. Oh, sorry. It doesn't matter it doesn't actually matter. who okay. it is. Yes, that's part of the point is that at this point in The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, when it gets down to the final three, it's like go time and it's such entertaining TV and like the emotions are all real at this point and I just, I love it and I think you should love it too. So I would say if you're at all curious or if you ever have been curious about either the Bachelorette or Bachelor franchises, you should check it out now um, and watch. They're probably going to have two more episodes of the actual show and then a men tell all. Skip the men tell all. That one's kind of boring. But I would definitely watch the the next couple of episodes until the finale because I think this is when it really – the the relationships have been created are, are really real for them. And this is when the good, sappy love TV comes into play. Maureen, why didn't you put air quotes around the emotions are real? Because I do think that the emotions are real for them. They may not always last. Some of the some of the bachelors and bachelorettes have really lasted and they have kids now and they're very happily married. And it's one of your favorite things. And it, that is one of my favorite things. I mean, Trista and Ryan have been married, I think, for over a decade. She was the first bachelorette. They have kids. They live in Colorado. They're very happy. And, of course, Catherine and Sean Lowe, who have two sons now. So I think it, it can really work. Even for the couples that it doesn't really work out for, I think at this point in the show, the emotions are real for them. They're living in a vacuum. They're not allowed to, like, text or talk to their family. You know, they're just spending time, in this case, with Becca, the guys are. And so I think that it's really powerful TV, and I I do think a lot of it is real, especially at this point in the show before they're subject to – subjected to the media and to public scrutiny because at this point – what we're seeing is public, but at the time for them, it was very private. All right. So The Bachelorette has a couple more episodes on ABC Monday nights, 8 o'clock. Check it out. That's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash podcast. We would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the podcast. 
You can also reach us by emailing thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com if electronic mail is your thing. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye. Bye.